the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Well, welcome back to this week's edition of Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. I am joined by, as you guys know, I create nicknames, the Bishop of Truth. Cesar LaFleur is my guest co-host today. Bishop, welcome back. Hey, glad to be back. Hello, everybody. You ready for this week? I really am. Yeah, absolutely. You ready to provide some solutions to what we think ails, not just black America, because what, if, we, if we can help provide solutions to black America, we help s- supply solutions for the rest of America and the world, right? Absolutely. A rising tide lifts all boats. There and it so, is. Yeah, we're going to offer some, some, some practical solutions, well, solutions I mean, and some, yeah. Yeah. I right. mean, you can listen to them if you want to, if you want to or not. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> We're just going to provide them. But there are some people that I have a lot of confidence in that I would highly recommend that the people listening today really yeah. pay attention and consider what's being said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we, we got somebody else. I got another light-skinned brother in the, in the building with me today. Where do you find them? I mean, is it like a union or something? Uh, you know. <laughs> is there a union of light-skinned brothers? You know, former ABC... Reporter, yes, Charles Thomas, my man. Welcome to Black and Right. First timer, yeah, first timer, and thank you for for having me. Uh, I'm really thrilled to be here uh, with you, my good friend John, yes. who we met in Springfield. Right? Springfield. Well, yeah. we met before Springfield, but we didn't really know each other, right? But, yeah. but you, that I, I saw your act down there. Yes. it was very good. Yes, um, and Bishop, your eminence, <laughs> the Bishop of Truth, <laughs> good seeing you today, and. Um, Let's let's roll. Let's I, roll. I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. You know, um, b- b- before we, we 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 jump into today's show, um, I got a call from s- some people here at the studio wanting me to take a call of uh, of an event that's going to be taking place next week about um, bikers who are backing the badge. So I want to welcome Joe Elger to the show. Joe, welcome to Black and Right. Hello, John Anthony. You got the most difficult job in the world, being a black conservative male. Oh, Woo. yeah. Well, you know that's what that's one of the things that uh, the Bishop of Truth and I have been talking about the last couple of weeks. Just how tough <laughs> it is to be black and, and conservative, especially here in Illinois. <laughs> how about uh, a, a female black conservative? Yeah. That's a rough one. Well, we have a couple. We have somebody like that who fits that bill coming on the show later. So, Joe, t- talk to us. What's what's going on? What's going on next week? Uh, was that uh, June twenty seventh? A bunch of bikers oh, thank you. out here? Well, not just bikers, although we're the ones that started it. Uh, me and my good friend, uh, Doug Jackson, who uh, oh, he's a uh, principal over at the Woodstock Harley-Davidson, super patriotic guy. When I got back from Florida, I'm a snowbird. As soon as I got back from Florida <laughs> a week ago, I'm like, what the heck is going on up here? So I just called Doug, and I said, man, we got to do something. The guys that hold the thin blue line are the guys that stand. That's a thin blue line between that and anarchy. Yes, we got to do something. 
And he said, uh, he said, well, great, we can do a uh, we can do a back the blue ride and then we'll do a ride for Black Lives Matter. And I didn't say anything. And I thought he was kidding me. And I just yelled out. (laughs) I won't say what I yelled out. (laughs) Well, not not for radio. It may not be good for radio. So don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought. But I mean, let me just say, I mean, our our men and women that are are just doing such a great job for us. And, you know, by I mean, and so we just felt we got to do something. So, I mean, these guys hold the thin blue line against anarchy. As soon as I mentioned that to Doug, he was right on board and he said, well, let's do it. So he's behind us 100 percent. So on uh, next Saturday, if it had been my way, I'd have had it today. But he said, let's do it. So we got we got it going next Saturday, uh, June 27th. We're meeting, uh, start to get there about 9 o'clock. We're pulling out at 11. It's not just bikers. It's cars. It's any – one of the ladies I talked to said, make sure you say any legal vehicle. any you know, So any, any licensable vehicle can come out. And we, we encourage the children, the families. And what we like to do is go to the police stations. We'll be going to the Crystal Lake Police Station. We'll be going to the McHenry Police Station. We'll be going to the Sheriff's Police and the Woodstock Police. But we encourage the police officers, you know, even if they're off yep. duty, come to the police station, bring your families, bring your children, bring yeah. your relatives and see what this community is all about and see how they back you and and really want to back that thin blue line against anarchy. Wow. I really appreciate what you guys are doing uh, because our police officers are they seem like they're they're under assault. You know, they're under a lot of pressure. There's a lot of condemnation and seem like the, you know, the, the society is losing confidence in them. So something like oh this can gosh. really go short to encourage them about Atlanta, about Atlanta and what's going on down there. The police officers are, are calling off now because they feel marginalized. Uh, what do you, what do you think about that? What's going on there and across the country with our police? Well, I mean, obviously what's happened is they didn't have the show of support that we want. We, that's exactly what, you know what? I don't live in Atlanta. I don't know what's going on over there. I mean, I like the governor's a good guy. I suppose like, I mean, I'm just going to guess they got some kind of a whack job mayor. That's going to allow this stuff to go on. They got a good governor. Most of these <laughs> places you. and you live in a, you love You live in Illinois and uh, you know, you see what's happening. We got a whack job mayor in Chicago. We got a whack job governor and you're going to get a bunch of whack jobs taken over. So I don't know what's going on in Atlanta, but I suspect they didn't have a back the blue ride going on. No. And, uh, and that's what, so, I mean, obviously what's happened is, you know, it's just anarchy and, and, you know, I, good heavens. I mean, I'm, I'm a veteran. I can, and I know lots of guys that could, they could, they can defend their house. I mean, we've got, thank God for the second amendment. We can defend ourselves, but I don't want to do it all my life. I don't want to have to defend myself for the rest of my life. I want our police officers and society to do that. That's what I want. I want that thin blue line to be there for us. And that's what happened in Atlanta. That's what happened in Chicago. And, and you know what? I don't blame them for walking off the job. I mean, I don't, you know what? I don't mind. And you know what? I got a feeling if they weren't getting paid, but they knew the people were behind them, they'd still be out there. I know they'd still be out there. Yeah. But if you know what? You're not going to be out there if people aren't going to be supporting you. That's 90% of the game. You know, money's a big thing, but I'll tell you what. If you did, if you said, you know what, we can't pay you for a week, but we still need you to be out there because we support you. Yes. Those guys and those men and women would be there on the line. But when you got people that just, you know, yes. you know, when they just crap on you, you're not going to. What are you kidding me for? And you got families, and that's what we want to. I mean, I can't control what's going on in Atlanta. I sure as heck can't control what's going on in Chicago. I can't control what's going on here. But we can, we can show our police. We can be the I've been voice. with the Patriot Guard. 
I've, I've ridden with these police officers in the dead of night all through over the with 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 guys that were killed in action. And we've stood for our men and women who have died. And those police officers were right there with us with no questions asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they all perfect? Heck no. no. When you get a ticket, they're bad. Hey, <laughs> Joe. Hey, hey, Joe, this is Charles Thomas, who's yes, Charles. a guest uh, this week. But I looked at that video of what happened in Atlanta, all of it. From the initial contact until the end, and I see the, the fact I, I see police officers around the country who can look at that and say, "Hey, we do our job. We do our job well. We're respectful," and that you can look at that and see that there's no way any sane jury would convict this officer. A felony murder. There's just no way. He was way overcharged if he needed to be charged at all. But way overcharged. There's no way that this was a death penalty offense. No. No way. And and I think that most Americans, even those on the left, can see that this isn't your poster child for police brutality. This guy. No. Not this guy. Well, the other end of it in, in Minneapolis is, you know, obviously there wasn't a person that I knew that said this is crazy. That cop needs to be thrown in jail. And and that happened. I exactly. mean, nobody watched that. Nobody watched that and said, oh, yeah, you know what? That's good. And nobody, nobody. I don't care how I don't care what side of the, the political fence you're on. Yeah. No person sat there and said, well, that's acceptable. That's what true. else? You know, what else? I mean, I mean, I'll tell you. And I don't want my 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 brother-in-law was 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 killed in his home in, in 1993. He was shot five times in the chest by Cape Coral police. He was shot when his four children were in the house, his wife. He was a great guy. And it was just a case of it got out of hand. It got out of hand. Yeah. But that family walked away from that, and they held their heads up high, and they're successful, and they moved on, and I moved on, and nobody went on and said, you know, we got to burn down the police department. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a new about America. 90%. <clears throat> Joe, yeah, Joe, we live in so Joe, Joe, is so is there a website? Is there a Facebook uh, uh, post that people can follow to find out all the information about the ride coming up on uh, April twenty seventh? Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I caught you. Huh? They can go. They can go to Woodstock Harley, and they got a website at Woodstock Harley Davidson in okay. Woodstock, Illinois, and they can, uh, or they can friend me on Facebook. Or, uh, but it's yeah, but it's the twenty seventh uh, Woodstock Harley Davidson. The twenty seventh, be there around nine o'clock. Bring your family, and for heaven's sake, let's. I bet when we get together, we're going to see people who've come out of their homes after two months of being underground and been watching MSNBC. Yeah. Yeah. And had, and looked at each other and said, "Wow, we're all fed up with this stuff." Yeah. That's right. So, Joe, thank that you, as you hear the music. That means we're headed to break. Uh, thanks so much thank for joining. Thank you for Black having me on, John hey, Anthony. Hey, Joe, thank I'll you, also, Joe, I'll also put that on my Facebook page uh, for the event, so that those who are listening to the show can find it as well. Thank you so much. God bless you both. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. Coming up next, we actually talked to the man himself. He got the wrong hat on, Charles Thomas, about bias in the media. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Like that song, Dr. Charles. <laughs> we jab it over here, baby. <laughs> Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with my 
guest co-host, the Bishop of Truth, Caesar LaFleur. Hello, everybody. <laughs> you know, um, Joe, that was Joe made some very good points about policing and, and, and Absolutely. that yeah. most people don't really look at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I got a friend whose wife uh, I wanted to bring her on to talk about, you know, last week about just how they view it, the spouses of, of mm-hmm. law enforcement and how they view what's happening because they know their husbands and they know their wives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what they, what, how the media portrays them is totally different. And hence the reason why I wanted my good friend, Charles Love, who's joining us live in studio to Charles come Hill? on the show. Charles, I mean, Charles, oh God, I said, I say that Charles Love, sorry, Charles. Those days Charles are Thomas. over for me. <laughs> yeah. Charles, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Love. Love. Charlie Love. Charlie Love. Was, Charles Love used to be the guest, <laughs> co- used to be the other uh, co-host with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but Charles, I, I, when you look at what's, what's happened, let's, let's deal with the media on the macro level first, right? When you look at what's happening in the media, when did they lose their objectivity to re- just report the news and not so much editorialize the news? Donald Trump campaigned against the swamp, as he calls it, in Washington. The media in Washington is part of the swamp. Mm-hmm. How could it not be? Uh, they're an institution there, uh, just as the political parties are, the lobbyists are, uh, the executive branch and the c- c- congressional branch and, and the courts. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Donald Trump campaigned to change the swamp, and that included the media. He took them on very early during his campaign. He, ca- he called them fake news. Mm-hmm. Well, the media in Washington took the bait, yeah. and they began fighting back, treating Donald Trump as an adversary to the institutional Washington. And it, it, it meant that the media immediately began to take sides. And their bosses, the, the editors and, and the executives, all began, they, they, well, they didn't basically rein in mm-hmm. the people who do the real journalism on the front line. That's, they let them go ahead with it. Right, because we said during the break, it's almost as if they went to war. They chose a side to fight. And my question then is this, then to who are they accountable? Besides the consumers, who are they accountable to? Especially if the, the, the administrators of these cable outlets are okay with the media behaving that way. They should have been, a, they, they should be accountable to the American people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. But when you're, when you're in that swamp environment with all those lobbyists running around. And you've been there, Charles, Yes, in, absolutely. In and, and covered the, the president in, in the press room, in, in, the, in the West Wing. Mm-hmm. It, they, they immediately began to take sides with the institutions because their bosses on high were allowing them to do it and were creating a narrative. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is bad. And all of our reporting must fit the narrative. And as a former mm. reporter, that's not very difficult to do. I can just find the facts that fit the narrative and report those facts as opposed to and while disregarding other facts that might detract from the narrative. Mm. And that's what we see happening in Washington. We see a man like Jim Acosta yes. just wow. be as rude as unprofessional as as possible 
to the president of the United States. Disrespectful. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. the classic moment when the president called the caravans coming from Central America an invasion, and then Acosta, in that well-known moment, said, it's not an invasion. These are just people, whatever. <laughs> Back that Bob. It's not his job yeah. to interpret what it is. Well, the sir. president can say what he wants to say. Right. It's his job mm-hmm. to put on his scuffed shoes and go find somebody to take on the president, not to take on the president himself. Another classic example was when the Asian reporter oh, yeah. pulled down her mask because uh, Donald Trump said something about China, and she says, are you saying that only because of, of me? She's taking down her mask as though Donald Trump is somehow doing something anti-Asian. She immediately disqualified herself from ever covering a story that had anything to do with China. Think about it. Wow. Because she's saying that my Chinese uh, ethnicity has something to do with right. why you asked the question. Correct. Does it have anything to do with what you do during the course of your day? The fact that you... So that means you can't cover China. Does it? The other boilerplate <laughs> rule that she broke, she made herself the story. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. In journalism school, where I went to journalism school at the University of Missouri 45 years ago, which was the first journalism school in the world, they told us that like the first day. You never make yourself the story. Wow. And mm-hmm. that's what she did. But did CBS fire that woman? Or suspend her or discipline her? No. No. That's why no. I say there's no accountability, no accountability. seems to be attached it is to this. Terrible. Right. And What's it seems like on? the media have become more of influencers than informers. And they've lost that whole instinct yes. about investigation. I'll give you an example. There was a lot of things to investigate about the Obama administration yeah. and about all of the, the, the scandals and IRS things. and all of those. But they running. didn't they didn't bite at any None. of that. But now they just seem to be obsessed by everything, everything that Trump says. When he wakes up in the morning, he's under investigation. He picked his, he picked his nose with the wrong finger. But they're, but they're going overboard in as much as you had the protests and you had tens of thousands, really millions of people in the street if you aggregate everybody. Yeah. And they're out there and they're, and they're demonstrating and shoulder to shoulder. No yeah. social distancing. None. No social distancing. And then this week... Yes. When Donald Trump wants to hold a rally in Tulsa, suddenly COVID-19 is a huge issue again. J.B. Pritzker told me to stay home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was out yesterday mm-hmm. yeah, in Grant Park at a rally. And a question. week before, he was in the south suburbs yeah. at a rally. No, no consistency. Now, here, here's something. Here's, but when you look at what's happening in the black community, when you look at what, every time there's a police shooting, what is it about... Why, 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 why does the media paint this emotional picture for black people without all of the facts? Is it because they know that the, that because of, of, of what we've been dealing with throughout the years and how many of what happened under the Obama administration? And you saw none of this emotion. You saw people out there protesting and you know all that, but you never saw it to this point. How do we fix that when it comes to how they report news to people that look like all of us in this room? I think that they have this very naive notion of what black people want or need. Right now, they're leading the effort to tear down statues and basically rewrite history. I'm talking about white liberals. Yeah, yes. They think I care mm-hmm. about a Confederate statue wow, yeah. as much, or I should say, 
I don't care about that. Yeah. What I care about, why don't you take your white liberals, march in the black community mm-hmm. to yeah. show people there. But mm-hmm. you see, they march on the north side. Yeah. Downtown. They march downtown. They don't go down to the west, the Madison and Pulaski yeah. or the South Shore. That is that sh- that reveals them as the ponies that they are. They don't go to LaSalle Street. What if you had ten thousand white folks converge on LaSalle Street and demand that those banks down there and the financial institutions invest in the black community? Uh oh. Uh oh. And, and threaten to take your white liberal money out of those banks if they don't. Ooh, now wouldn't that be effective? That would. What if you took a ten thousand white folks? and surrounded a construction site downtown and demanded that there be training and hiring for black construction workers at $50, $60 an they, hour. They're not going to do that. That's substance. But that would make a that's difference. That's symbolism. They want because to do symbolism. Anything that's symbolism. We've symbolism been talking about that all week. Absolutely. That's all they want, mm-hmm. over substance. Right. And so that's why I look at these, these demonstrations with a skeptical eye. Absolutely. The other thing. Yeah, go ahead. We get, we, you got 45 seconds. 45 seconds. This, I can do it in 45. Do you think that Joe Biden... His campaign and the Democratic National Committee are watching what happened in Minnesota and not doing anything about it, not coming up with ways to use those incidents in order to further Joe Biden's campaign. I think that there's some political operatives behind all of this. Right. And that's why we're seeing it. I agree. Charles Thomas, it's a treasure having you in the studio with us today. He's going to stick around. Are you going to stay with us? I'm going to stick around. Well, then you all stick around because there's (laughs) greater things to come. We're going to be talking to Star Parker coming up in the next segment. And we're going to be talking about solutions to the challenges that are facing our communities, especially in the inner cities, following the George Floyd debacle and the emergence of Black Lives Matter. You don't want to turn your channel. You don't want to miss this. Uh Stay with Black and Right on AM 560. The answer. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Hey, welcome back to Black and Right on AM560. This is your co-host, Pastor Cesar LaFleur, or as I'm known now, the Bishop of Truth. Come on. We've been having a wonderful conversation with uh, Charles Thomas, a local media uh, phenomenon here, and we're going to continue a conversation with our guest who's coming up, Star Parker. I'm very excited about having her on, but before we bring Star... Eduardo from Midway has a question for Charles Thomas. Charles, there's a question for you. Eduardo, how you doing? Yeah, good afternoon. Sorry, I had to pull over here because I'm driving. Okay. But uh, Charles, uh, what do you think about uh, these uh, newscasts that are now reading like messages off social media? And also, uh, what is your opinion of uh, Mr. Drudge? Because he's done a 180. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with the Drudge situation uh, and having done the, the 180. Um, you know, I'm a media consumer now, just like you. <laughs> so I'm, um, I can't look at it all. I can't see it all. Um, but the other question involved reading comments from social media. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, it's unedited material. I mean, the editors can't control it. They don't know what people are going to say. They don't know if it's been fact checked or not. It was a different ball game when I came up. When I came, when I was trained, and what I practiced uh, for over forty years, there were editorial controls. I mean, I was appalled in the last three years when the New York Times published an anonymous opinion piece. Whew. Anonymous, uh. 
That is that goes against the very soul of journalism. You don't publish anonymous uh, op eds alleging that they came from the White House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's amazing wow. some of the things that are they're getting by with now. That man, I, I would have my cardboard <laughs> box set on the sidewalk. Yeah. I wouldn't be allowed back in the building. <laughs> thank if you so I much, Eduardo. Thanks for calling back and right. Right. Thank you for the call. Hey, listen, I'm excited about our next guest. Star Parker is the president, founder of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education in Washington, D.C. She is a dynamo, a dynamic woman, and I'm sure you're going to be excited about what she has to say. Star Parker, welcome to the Black and Right radio program with John Anthony. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. Hi, Star. I don't know if you remember me. Uh-huh. But I don't know if you remember me, but I've, I've, I've read every last one of your books, and you are a dynamite. <laughs> well, I don't know if I remember you, but did you read my new one, Necessarily Noise? I did not How read Donald that one. Flame, it's brand new. Now, brand new. How Donald Trump inflames the cultural war and why this is good news for America. Amen. Hot I, off the press, Necessary Noise. Okay. Go on to Amazon. But thanks for reading the other ones. <laughs> go on to Amazon. Go ahead, yeah. please. The star. Yeah. Listen, we've been talking about solutions for our troubled communities, especially in the wake of the George Ford, uh, Floyd a debacle and then the emergence of the Black Lives Matter. We've concluded that yeah. our cities, our inner cities are sick. And you have an organization called Cure. So tell us, right. what is Cure? What is it about? How did you get started? And what is it that you do? Well, we're a policy institute. So we look at market-based solutions to fight poverty because we believe in uh, faith, freedom, and personal responsibility as the best answers to po- poverty. Uh, so what we do is three pronged. Uh, we tried to change the law so that we can change lives. So we're uh, working policy in Washington, D.C. with legislators uh, to promote ideas that the answer to poverty is freedom, personal responsibility, not a welfare state. So we want to dismantle that. We also have a media machine to get the public to understand that we've been going in the wrong direction for the last 50 years since the Civil Rights Act was signed into law to keep this extra emphasis on race and all this race matters while poor people are just getting more desperate. And we do that through blackcommunitynews.com and then the new release of my weekly uh, news talk show, uh, Cure America with Star Parker. And then we also have a third prong, which is in the urban uh, distressed communities, which is our clergy network, so that we can organize the third of black America that doesn't agree with the left, the ones that get up and go to church on Sunday morning, believe the gospel and want to live right, and that love this country and want to make it reach its better angels. And so that particular group has about 4,000 pastors in the country. We're looking for all of them. We have about 1,000 now uh, that want just more information so that we can equip them, educate them, so that they can be energized to go and change their communities. That was one part of your question, what do we do? And we do that in Washington, D.C. Why do we do it? Well, one of the reasons we do it is because I have believed the lives of the left, and so I feel a special call to go and get those that are still in despair and making the type of decisions that I used to make uh, in believing the lives of the left, that my problems were someone else's fault, that America's so racist I shouldn't mainstream, that I was poor because someone else was wealthy. Buying those lies that we still hear today, I just got into living for the day with very reckless decisions, criminal activity, drug activity, sexual activity, in and out of abortion clinic after clinic, having a child, still not married, living on welfare, and then God found me. Wow, what a wonderful Wonderful story, transformation. Oh. I was aware of well, that. Well, he's story. an incredible Lord. He yes, just, yes, like, he is. He just said, I got more for you. I, 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 
God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, that he wasn't counting our sin against them, against us. I found out that he loved me, that he died for me, that he really had a purpose and plan for me, that he wasn't mad at me. And when I found those things out, I really embraced it. I loved it. I changed my life. I got to college. I got a degree. I started a business. Wow. And after the 92 Los Angeles riots destroyed my business, I started focusing more on social reform. Wow. What a wonderful story. Stars, hang with us for the next segment. We're going to break now, and we're going to talk more with Star Parker, the founder and president of CURE, the Center for Urban Renewal and Education. Go to our website at urbancure.org and you can find out more. But stay tuned. Charles Thomas is with us. John Anthony, we're going to come back with some more insight from Star Parker of CURE. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. When you look at the messaging that goes into these communities all the time, the poor are poor because the wealthy are wealthy. My problems are someone else's fault. Um, America's so racist, I don't need to mainstream. So I believed all those lies and got caught up in very aggressive, reckless living. Well, that wasn't John Anthony. That was the voice of Star <laughs> Parker, our guest, who's with us here on the Black and White Radio program on AM560. Welcome back, Star. So glad to have you. Star, we've been talking about uh, the failure of leadership that has led us to some of the troubles that we're facing now. Can you give us your view on how black leadership specifically has failed the black community? Well, one reason that I think the leadership has failed the black community is that they have led the black community down the path of a lie. Uh, But I'm not going to be dismissive that the people didn't vote for the leadership. The one thing about America that's so incredible is that we're free people. So we we elect our leaders. And as uh, President Garfield said in the limited time that he was in office as the most amazing abolitionist, he said, if you have recklessness and corruption in government, it's because you want it, um, because we have elections. Mm. And so people that... um, you know, think we need term limits. We already have them. They're called elections. We have them every two years and four years. So now getting to what black leadership has done, they have convinced black people that the problems are somebody else's fault, that they're poor because others are wealthy. So uh, they have, and that America is so inherently systematically racist that they shouldn't mainstream. So what we've done is built a counterculture against the very country that God asked us to be good stewards over, that he selected us to be a part of. And for people that have challenged with that, then they have to go through the scripture and see that God chose Joseph and his people to be a part of what was going on there, uh, even though Pharaoh was still in in charge. I mean, God's people fared well under that hand, and we can go look at the journey of Joseph and to end up, you know, at the hand of his own brothers, to end up in a dungeon, uh, but look what God did. So black people in our country have been conditioned to just be mad. The Civil Rights Movement was about, um, uh, you know, repentance and revival, mm, yes, right, and the people right. that took up the mantle mm. after want revenge and redistribution. That's so we've right. gone down right. that path, but that path will not work. Opposing Christianity and capitalism and a constitution leads you to life of despair and more need for big government. And so that's what African Americans are getting, more power in the hand of politicians that have ill will. Ouch. You just have to read the website of Black Lives Matter to find out it has nothing to do with being black. It is absolutely about just control. Hey. I mean, this is dictatorship worse than Boko Haram and what Marxism. they're doing in Nigeria today. You know, so, yeah. Anyway, you know, Star. This is Charles Thomas. When I'm when you Thomas. hear black leadership talk, they do Democratic Party talking points, and black people as a body politic 
I see them out in front of LBGTQ, uh, anti-family causes. Uh, I, I hear black leadership advocating for immigrants, illegal immigrants, and I don't hear them advocating for black people. Uh-oh. We are not the preeminent purpose mm-hmm. of our leadership, it seems. How do we address that? Well- well, I think one of the ways that we address it is we stop looking at our blackness as a as a handicap or a special interest group. You know, we're all uniquely made in the image of the Lord. And when you think about African Americans in this country, one third poll with the right, one third have told posters for the last twenty five years that they're evangelical and conservative. So they're very quiet. They get up and go to church on Sunday morning. They still marry the love of their life. They have their children, and they try to live life right. And when you look at that particular group of African Americans, it's very, very hard for us as um, uh, analysts to to see the difference, the the inequality that others are talking about. We can't even measure the differences when you, when the the husband's married to the mother, the children, whether black or white. We can't measure differences economically. Uh, we can't measure differences educationally. We can't measure crime differences because it's very rare. This is the group that works. This is the American society uh, that is really frustrated right now because yeah. they're playing by all of the rules. It's that part of black America that is destructive energy. You know, this is um, physics 101. Energy can't be destroyed, but it can be either channeled into creative or destructive. Yeah. And what we as African Americans have allowed is that destructive part to become our culture. And it means means that that church part has a very limited voice and cannot overcome it. I mean, listen to some of the narrative going on right now. If you don't buy the lie of the, of the Marxist left, when it comes to yeah. Black Lives Matter and Tifa, your life is at risk. That's true. And, and year, year after year of this uh, has diminished the role of the church in the black community as the spokespersons or the leaders of this community. So when people talk about black leaders, I tell them, look, I'm a Californian, okay? I just don't see that. <laughs> if you're just joining us, we're talking with Star Parker, founder of Cine- Cure, Center for Urban Renewal and Education, and she's bringing the fire. Go ahead, Cece. Star, uh, one of the things you, you talked about was your clergy council. I'm proud to be one of your clergy uh, council members. And every year you do this policy summit in Washington, D.C. That is absolutely phenomenal. After you did your summit for solutions here two years ago, we brought seven pastors there and their lives are totally changed. Are you doing that again this year? And if so, uh, you know, how, how can people find out more about it? Well, it's very selective, so they're going to have to come through you. That's okay, because especially this year, post-COVID, you know, Washington, D.C. is still not open. In fact, when the domestic terrorists came through and tried to destroy our nation's capital, one of the reasons that the president had to speak into it and remind people that our rule of law is rooted in truth, and truth is rooted in God. That's why he had to walk across Lafayette Park and go in front of the church, the historical church that they tried to destroy with fire and put up a Bible. It's because we were not open. The domestic terrorists came through into a city that hasn't moved into phase one. I think our mayor wants to get on the short list of Joe Biden. But the answer is go through you because, yes, our summit will be this year, but we're not sure how. Well, Star Parker, thank you so much for being on the show. And absolutely, every pastor that's on the black pastor, especially, you need to contact me. You need to go to urbancure.org. You need to find out about being coming a part of this dynamic clergy council that's associated with such a dynamic organization as Cure. God bless you, Star. UrbanCure.org. We'll be back in a minute. Black and Right continues on AM 560. Once again, here's John Anthony. 
Charles, Charles Thomas, you're distracting today. I'm just going to tell you, you, you have, we're having some great radio during the breaks. Any, any a good distraction today, Caesar? <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> uh, Doug, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Welcome back to Black and White on AM560 Answer. Yeah, especially with the socks hat. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, John Anthony, joined by, in studio by my good friend, the Bishop of Truth, Caesar LaFleur, and as you just recently heard, Charles Thomas, former reporter of ABC7 News. You know, I, I want to follow up on something that Star inspired in my my brain is that we as black people have to start ordering our politics a la carte. Thank you, sir. We cannot just take a party line and just stick with it, right. particularly mm-hmm. a Democratic party line mm-hmm. or even a Republican party. Right. Line. Mm-hmm. We have to think about what we want, what we need. And begin to advocate for that. Yeah. And so that we could leverage our vote. Right now, the Democrats don't no have to do anything for us do anything. because Joe, they know we're going to vote for them anyway. Joe Biden said it best. Joe Biden put it down. He said, You ain't black. <laughs> right. You ain't black if you're even considering mm-hmm. voting for Donald Trump. I want Donald Trump to come to the table. Mm-hmm. That's I want right. him to come to the table right. and talk about what he can do. You know, in all the ele- I, I'm a child of um, the 60s. I am a person who was on the draft list mm-hmm. to go to Vietnam. That consumed me. The most important thing that I thought had to happen, the two things, when, you, when you're in a presidential election, peace mm-hmm. and prosperity. Prosperity, yeah. mm-hmm. Those are the things that you look for. Prosperity as a black man. Mm-hmm. What will that look like? Is that candidate going to facilitate that? But 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 Charles, isn't, but but wasn't that the message of Trump in 2016? What the you got to lose? And, and when you look at but but promises made, promises kept. What he actually said he wanted to do, he's at least trying to do, but he's continuously getting blocked because. Those in that Democrat leadership. And you know, to me, look, Charles, I tell people, I've talked to the bishop. I'm not trying to bring anybody to the Republican not Party. Not at all. I just want to wake people up. I'm, wake, I'm, uh, I'm, you I'm know not, what? I'm, I'm not a Republican. Right. I'm not a Democrat either. Mm-hmm. The only way black people can move this, is, this system is by playing the middle. Mm-hmm. Playing in the middle, like play, play, play safety. And, and, and well, if you, they throw it right, I'm going right. If they throw it left, I'm... I'm going to I'm going to go left. You know, go and, and I don't mean that in a political but, sense. I'm just saying I, right, play the middle of the field. But I think if we, your, your, your defense is best, if we vote based on our principles and stick with those, we can influence our parties to come more in line with yeah. where it is that we want them to be. Right now, we just abdicate all of our principles and standards to remain faithful to a party. Right. When we really should be saying, hey, if you want my vote, here's some things that's important to me. Stay a Democrat, yes. but make them change. Make them change. That's, that's, the way, that's the way it should be, and that's the way the system was designed. Unfortunately, m- many of our leadership it, it, that came out of the 1960s and some came out of the clergy, went Democrat. They just went Democrat went totally, hard Democrat. went hard. Like Jesse. Yeah. When Jesse 1984. Ran, for eight, ran in 84 and 88, mm-hmm. it was over. That's right. It was over because now he's a political animal as opposed to a civil rights mm. leader. Charles, very quickly, I was in the pro-life movement for the last 30 years. I remember when Jesse Jackson used to tell the current black genocide. They were very suspicious of organizations that set up abortion in our communities. In 84, when he ran as a Democrat, he had to give all of that up because he had to change to fit the party instead of oh, bringing the party along to where oh, he needed to be. 
Yeah. Oh, Bishop, and, preach. <laughs> well, that's what, so, 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 Representative Wallace, Letitia Wallace said, preach. <laughs> uh, well, she was, I, I told her I would give her time to come on, but, you know, I think she's cowering and don't want to come on. Yep, I called you out, Wallace, Representative Wallace. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, that's hour one. That's what? Books. That was it? That was it. We're done. I well, want. You know, I got to go, guys. No, no you got to no. stay. I got to stay. You got to stay now. Sorry. I, I got to change. The audience is saying you have to stay. <laughs> you must, You need to stay. You messed up. Okay. Hey, in our, coming up in hour two, we're going to be talking with Sheriff Tony Childress, Livingston County. Yeah, that's a black sheriff in Livingston County. We'll be right back. to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I am your host, John Anthony, joined in studio by the Bishop of Truth, Caesar LaFleur. Bless you all. Bless you all. That was a good hour one. And we also got, you know, he's decided to stick around. ABC, former ABC7 and retired reporter, Charles Thomas. Good take to be the, here, man. Thank you for having off, me. Though. Take the hat off. I'm not going to take the hat off ever. Oh, God. <laughs> so be, be, before we go to um, Sheriff Childress, um, <laughs> as you know, right before the break in hour one, I called out a particular state representative. All right. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm very afraid what's getting ready to happen. You shouldn't have called her out. Representative <laughs> Wallace, welcome to Black and Rife. Representative Wallace? Yeah. Uh-oh. How are you doing, Rep? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm great. Uh, you know, I'm before great. we get started. Hello, I, Mr. Thomas. I, I just wanted to say hi. I greatly admire well, you. Well, I tell you, I miss I miss you. and um, But I don't miss my job. <laughs> hey, hey, oh. hey, hey, Charles. She's I think actually I'm in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, rep. Um, hey, hey, Charles. She was actually like your your amen corner throughout the entire Facebook feed. I'm watching her. She's like, amen, boom, pow, oh, good, bring it. good. I, I need an amen. I need an, I need all the blessings I can get. <laughs> so what yeah. you got? What you got for us, representative? Well, I just wanted to chime in. I think that the conversation you guys are having around partisan politics is extremely important. Um, I got lots of side eyes and question marks and raised eyebrows when I called out certain things. Um, but we, we absolutely have lots of work to do. The fact that we have closed primaries in our state yeah. prevents a lot of what you were talking about yes. from happening. Yes. Yes. It, I- it prevents us from leveraging our vote. Um if we are continuing to operate in a strictly two-party system um, and being forced to say you can't vote to the general if you want to vote a la carte. I agree. And, Representative, you you know, you and I, we worked really well together when we were in Springfield together. We didn't always agree, but you know what? We always had a mutual respect to say, well, yeah, and you would always say, well, what am I missing in the bill? What am I missing? And you would always try to involve the other side of the aisle in a lot of the things that you, you, you brought forth. And I, I've always appreciated that about you, and you know that. We've talked about that ever since we both left the General Assembly. So, I Yes, mean. thank you. I appreciated you and the things that you were willing to co-sponsor, even when <laughs> <laughs> nobody else on the other side of the aisle was willing to, to stick their neck out. So yeah. I appreciate that, so, too. So, Representative, I, I really do want to have you back on the show. I really want to do a show where I want to um, bring a lot of the activists in the black community, and we have a discussion about that. I, I think I – think, 
I think people really need to hear what's what the other side is saying. I really believe that. And so, I, as I told you, I want to invite you and Jessica back on the show, and you guys invite some more people. And we just have a real discussion about what's happening, not, a, not just in the black community, but how what's happening in the black community is affecting the rest of Illinois and America. I would love to have that conversation. And right. I think I hear my cousin is up today. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the bishop brought in uh, er, uh, Dr. Edgar Wallace. The other Dr. Wallace. The other Wallace. The other Dr. Wallace. So thanks so much so for calling us. Tell him hi. Thank you. And I'm going to call you out again, though. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. All right. Thanks so much for calling. All right. Bye bye. Hey, John, you know, man, you talk, you mentioned the other side. Man, nobody does the other side anymore. And I mean that on on cable news Mm -hmm. in particular. Right. And and sometimes even in your newspapers, they're not doing the other side. All the reporting is aimed toward making sure that the narrative is continued. It's framed. And, and, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. it's just too obvious to me. I don't know that I could work in that environment. I always want to always talk to you. I mean, you the lone black rep in Springfield. Yeah, I would seek you, you out. Did. Yeah, I would say, man, my brother, I'm coming down. What do ready. you? What do you? What's up? Yeah, and um, and I was obligated to do that by the editors at Channel Seven. Yeah, they said, hey, get the other side. Yeah, now. You get four talking heads, and all of them are saying basically the same thing. I'm talking about the yeah. national cable outfits. And I even noticed last night on Channel 7, they Cheryl Burton did a special on what's going on right now mm-hmm. with Juneteenth, if you will. There was nobody on there that would take on Black Lives Matter. They had Black Lives Matter on, mm-hmm. but nobody yeah. who would nobody to counter, give it, right. to counter nobody them. Nobody like a Bishop LaFleur yeah, or, or, or George yeah. Pearson or, yeah. Or ask them some of the so, things that they're doing about family and... Absolutely. And, so uh, speaking of that, speaking of that, our next guest, he's the Livingston County Sheriff. The, the, literally, he has become like a go-to sheriff for the, um, the, the Trump White House. I mean, anytime there's anything that's happening in the police community, uh, President Trump seeks this guy out. And I'll never forget, I, I got a call. I was, I'm, I'm in Springfield on my way back home, and I get a call from this guy. He said, hey, my name is Tony Childress, and I'm running for sheriff in Livingston County. I'm like, wait a minute, you sound like you look like me. <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, I am black, and I'm, and I'm running. <laughs> and he won. But be- before I bring him on, I-, I-, I wanted he was at the White House this week, and I want I want to lay the groundwork for what he was at the White House doing. Uh, Tony Childress is my name, and I am the sheriff of Livingston County, uh, which is the fourth largest county in the state of Illinois. We're 90 miles south of Chicago. Um, I call it rural central Illinois, and we have an ideology that I feel and many others feel works very well. And that ideology is being a friend of the community, supporting the community with programs like shopping with the sheriff, like Halloween with the children, um, always being there as a listening ear for the community and working with the community. And Mr. President, we are happy to sit down with you and to try and do everything we can to make this nation better by keeping the community safe and by working with you and the nation and making a better place. There you have it. Sheriff Tony Childress from Livingston County. Sheriff, what's going on, my friend? 
Good afternoon, John. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome to Black and Right. First time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So, what, what was that? What was that experience like? I mean, I mean, because I, I really believe, though, I, I, I think the Trump administration really respects who you are, and you know, you and I have had so many talks, even at our, our good, good, good place, Turtles and Morris. Um, yes. And, and I understand why, because you, you're somebody who, you're all about solutions. Tell me, what was it like being at the White House? And I know um, President Trump called you in and to talk about the solutions to, to policing in America. What was that like? John, it was a very honorable experience. Uh, I went there uh, not really knowing what I was going to say or, or, or how it was going to go. But uh, things just fell in order and they just fell right into place uh, when I went out there. And uh, I got to tell you, the president, a lot of people think that uh, he he has lofty ideals and and uh, he keeps his nose in the air. And maybe he does. But I will tell you this: I found the man to be very, very down to earth. Mm. And 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 I was honored to be associated with him because. He does what he says, and he says what he does. Yes. And in, in this day and age, you just can't find uh, people that are in politics, generally as a rule, other than you and I, yeah. that does that. Yes, true. Sure. You know, uh, so I was very, very honored to be there, and uh, he's, he's that's my fifth time yeah. going of course, I went twice in the last two weeks, and it kind of blew me away that I was out there uh, two weeks ago, and the weekend hadn't even gotten by. It was Sunday morning about eleven ten a.m. when I got a, a call, and I looked up. It was from the internal uh, intergovernmental affairs <laughs> uh, director at the White House. Uh-huh. And I said, wow, this guy calling me Sunday morning. for?" <laughs> and he said, he, he, he says, Sheriff, he says, um, he says, Sheriff, he says, they had your name on the paper before they even called me. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he says, they want you back. Yeah, yeah. And I says, well, what, what's that about, Nick? He says, well, he says, uh, he says the sheriff's go. Uh, the the governor. I mean the uh, the president is going to sign a a uh, executive order. Yes. Regarding regarding the police reform uh, that he's doing, and he wants you uh, to stand with him when he does that. And hey. I says, well, I says that if that's the case, I'll yeah. be there. Hey, sheriff, um, hold, hold yeah. the line. We're going to discuss more about the police reform. And uh, Tim Scott's bill when we come back from break. Uh, you and I, when I talked with you, I told you that uh, one of the things I really wanted to get over was the solutions. And I, and I, I do believe after reading Tim Scott's bill, that could be part of the solution. Uh, we'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back. 
to Black and Right on AM560 Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, joined in studio by my good friend, the Bishop of Truth, Cesar LaFleur. Caesar, Man, you should hear the stuff we're talking about between Uh-oh. the segments, the breaks. Well, you John, know, Charles Thomas is amazing. Yeah, he, he's a treasure. Yes. And yeah, I, you know, I have, I have, I got a, the the sheriff of Livingston County. Uh-huh. Man, there ain't that many black folks in Livingston no, I, County outside the penitentiary, <laughs> right? Sheriff so, Sanders, you can answer that question for some, us. Some, some white folks had to vote for you. Somewhere. Sometime. <laughs> yeah. Sheriff right? Sanders? That, that's true. That's true, Bishop. Uh, I'd say that uh, Livingston County has grown a little bit in the 40 years that I've been here. Um, and they prob- we probably got uh, 15 to 20% uh, blacks now. We're seeing more and more yeah. uh, in town. Uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes you be careful what you ask for, you know, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, because you just might get it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah and we, but we cannot forget the progress we have made, where we have come Absolutely. from. From uh, whether it's Juneteenth, yeah. whether it's 1619, whether it's Juneteenth, whether it's a few years ago. Or whether it's a black man sitting in the seat of, of sheriff in Livingston County. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's an amazing feat. Yeah. That's an amazing, an amazing feat. feat. It, but it's also a document, testament to what we've been able to accomplish. And, and, but isn't country. it also a testament to the people of, of Livingston County as well, that they look but everybody's beyond? everybody's growing. I mean, and see, that's, that's, that's the conversation that also needs to be further. Tony's, I mean, it's Sheriff, I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> Sheriff Childress is a, is a good man, and, and I've gotten to know him over the years. And, I mean, just, just an honest, if you don't want to know the truth, you don't want to, you don't want to have it straight, don't talk to Sheriff Childress, because he, he's going to give it to you straight. <laughs> Am I right, Sheriff? <laughs> That's, that's, that's absolutely correct, John. And I will tell you this, that, that I am I am I, I am honored and I am thankful for the position of trust that I hold. But uh, you, yes, please, please, all hats off and give thanks first to the Lord, yeah. and then to the people of Livingston County because if they didn't feel that I was trustworthy. That's right. They would they would not vote me into that position twice now right. that they have. So so sheriff, I, I wanted I, I, yesterday the other day when um, Senator Tim Scott uh, introduced his um, Justice and Policing Act, uh, I read through it and I and I there's some a couple of things that I highlight. And I just want to get your opinion on. We, we'll go through it really quickly and just give me thirty seconds of your opinion on it. But uh, one sure. of the first things that I saw uh, was the Floyd uh, and Scott Act. And it, it was basically yeah. a, a use of force data collection. Um, is that right. a good idea? Is that is that will that help provide solutions to what we're seeing today? I think it will. I think it will. Um, and uh, you know, the thing is, is that what I was amazed to find was that when I went to the White House two weeks ago, the very next day after I returned, I got an email asking me to put together three um, three instances or three recommendations that I had for policing reform. Yeah. And, and uh, the very first one was, uh, bear with me a moment no, here. No, go ahead, sir. Uh, it was... If you're just joining the show, we're talking with Livingston County Sheriff Tony... Childress. He's a great man. It was mandatory. Yeah, the very first one that I gave them 
was mandatory de-escalation training for all officers. Yes. And I was, I was very surprised and very amazed that the very next morning, when I turned on Fox News, uh, they were talking about speaking with the president, and he himself was talking about mandatory de-escalation yes. training for yes. all officers. So I felt very good about that. The other, uh, the other two recommendations that I gave them was the prohibition of all physical restraint maneuvers on or above the neck uh, and any physical act that restricts the flow of blood or oxygen to the brain unless deadly force is necessary. So in other words, we're not going to outlaw chokeholds or things that restrict uh, blood flow to the, and oxygen to the brain unless deadly force is necessary and required. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then the third one was requiring all officers to render medical aid to all people. Sheriff, I appreciate yeah. those measures that are being implemented to retrain our police officers. But I think the solution is going to be a bilateral solution, not just a unilateral solution. How do we go and retrain our community, if you will, on the changes they need to be to make to de-escalate? How, how do we talk to young people about of putting their indignation aside when they get stopped by the police and cooperating or not to resist because they're always going to lose that fight. You know, how do we train them about how to live to fight another day by just submitting themselves to the police so the police don't have to go to that extent and fight with people on the street? Bishop, those are very, very good questions. And uh, I preach that generally as a rule, when a police officer stops you or comes in contact with you, that first of all, it's all about respect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't disrespect him. You know, he has that authority over you. So why even began the, the interaction with disrespect, as many do? Right. Give the, man, give the man the respect that he deserves, and generally as a rule, He's going to give that respect back to you. It seems like when the video cameras go on, the respect turns off. Yeah. Because, because they're trying to be yeah. celebrity victims. You know. That personal responsibility Absolutely. is huge. That's huge, man. Yeah. You know, uh, Sheriff, yeah. I think we kind of buried the lead here. Mm. I mean, you're a law enforcement official, one of the top law enforcement officials in Illinois. What's your take on sure. Minneapolis? And what's your take on Atlanta? Look at that professional. Well, that, you know, first of all, my take is that People died, which is very tragic. Yes. It's very tragic and it's very sad. And they died at the hand of law enforcement officers. Um, whether it was justified or not justified, and, and I will tell you that the consensus in the law enforcement community is that George Floyd died an unjustified death. Yep. That was absolutely, totally uncalled for. I don't know where in the world we come up with keeping your knee on a guy's neck for almost nine minutes. I've never we been trained in it. So, so what no. about what about Rayshard Brooks? What about yes. Rayshard Brooks? We all know. We we all know that when you're in a fight. You can be in a Katie bar the door fight. Mm-hmm. Three minutes is a lifetime. I can't imagine three times three minutes. Yeah. Almost nine minutes of keeping your knee on somebody's neck 
Who's handcuffed? You know, if you're in law enforcement, John's been in law enforcement, yeah. and I've been in it for 29 years. Yeah. We all know that no matter how that fight goes, once you put cuffs on a guy, it's, it's over. over. Right. It's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. Why not get him up off the ground and let him have a seat in the car, especially when he's saying, I can't breathe? Yeah. So, Chef, I think we all agree that George Floyd, what that cop, uh, Chauvin, that officer did, he should go to jail. But what about Atlanta? What about this officer there fighting with this guy? Guy overpowers them, disarms them, flees and turns around and discharges a weapon at him. You know, so. Well, I'm going to tell you that, in my opinion, that that subject brought his own demise because you don't you don't Uh you don't assault the police. Uh oh. And then take away their weapon and then start running away and then turn and point something to them that, for all we know, the officer didn't know if it was a taser or a gun. Well, 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 Sheriff, Sheriff, he actually, uh, his attorney came out with a statement yesterday. He didn't. All he know, all he saw was the flash coming, uh, you know, coming at him. So, I mean, that's how we're trained. He absolutely truthfully, truthfully. He could have shot him the moment yep. he saw him with the taser in his hand. The, the moment exactly. that he rose up, that would have been the legit shoot. But, but Sheriff Chill, just you know, I got to have you back on. You got to come into the oh, studio yeah, with please, me. Please. You know, you know, mm. this, man, this is my guy. Okay. And, and, and you know what? Let's talk it over at, at Turtles down in Morris um, some Monday soon. Because, you know, Turtles has uh, steak. Uh, was it uh, steak on Mondays? Uh, they have like this deal down there. We can all, you can all join I like steak. You can all join us. Charles, you like steak, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chef, I love steak. Chef, thank you so it's much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, my, my, my friend. Hey, you be safe out yes, there. Sir. And I'm, I'm, you're in my prayers. Thank and you. the men and women of Livingston uh, County are also in our prayers, okay? You take care, buddy. Thank you, John. You guys take care and stay safe Thank as well. Thank you, Sheriff. Yeah. Sheriff Tony Childress, a black man serving in Livingston County. There's a new sheriff Illinois. in town. There's a new sheriff in new town. New sheriff in town. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Black and Right with John Anthony. This is your co-host, the Bishop of Truth, as I've been hey, called, hey, hey. This Pastor Season of the Floor. And we're also, we're blessed to have this brother in the studio with us today. He's just dropping knowledge Whew. like I'm in college. Institutional That's knowledge. That's right. Charles Thomas is here today. And so we've been having a great conversation. As I mentioned before, I wish you could hear what happens between the breaks because he's breaking it down. Yeah. But all over the filters way to you all eventually. But listen... <laughs> I'm excited for the next wait, guest. Wait, wait, wait. Before, before you introduce the next guest, remember okay. what I just said? What'd you say? My mother. Oh, man, do <laughs> that right now. You, neither one of you will let me live it down. No. So, so. My, my, normally my mother says she, she, you know, responds on the Facebook, and I never see it. Mm-hmm. Hi, Ma. Bernice. Hi. I'm saying hi. <laughs> Look at Mama's boy. That's a good boy. Good job. <laughs> Hey, listen, we have Pastor Latasha Fields. I call Pastor Latasha and her husband, Ronald Fields, Louisiana treasures that we stole from Louisiana. They've come up here. They've been a blessing to us in Chicago. We're glad to have her here. We're going to talk about education today. Pastor Fields, how are you doing today? I'm great, Pastor LaFleur. How are you? Hi, Pastor Fields. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you. How are you doing? You know what? I'm blessed and highly favored. 
Amen. Y'all talk, y'all talk in church now. That's right. We just switched all over now because we got this sister. We got this powerful sister on the line. Hey, listen, this yes. is Anthony to start calling me the Bishop of Truth. We got to get you a radio nickname like the, the, the super soul sophisticated sister of supreme education oh, or something like that. Too long. Come on. Too long. Too long. But yeah. listen, Latasha, yeah. we, we've been talking uh-huh. about solutions. We've been talking about uh, solutions to the problems that's facing our communities. We see all of the mm-hmm. upheaval uh, that's going on in our inner cities following George Floyd and the emergence of Black Lives Matter and all the things that are going on, plus those societal things that have attributed to us being in this condition where we're seeing this is the outflow that's coming out of our homes and coming into our communities. And so one of the challenges that we face is what's going on in our educational system. Uh, what's what's going on in our schools? Are our schools accomplishing what we need them to do or are our schools failing us? Talk to me about how you see the educational system in the United States and especially in our inner cities. How is it working today? Yeah, very good question, uh, Pastor Caesar. It's not working. It's really not. And, and, and you and I have talked on numerous occasions in terms of we have to continue to bring warning to parents. Um, right now, the most pressing issue that we're all very aware of, but it could never um, be uh, cease from being talked about. The comprehensive sex education um, that's going into the school system, um, that will take effect July 1st. So the law here has passed in terms of the LGBT curriculum in the public school system. And one of the most appalling things about it is not in terms of uh, just teaching children the contribution of the LGBT community, but also their behaviors. And so... Part of this comprehensive sex ed education will um, definitely sexualize our children and normalizing and desensitizing them on sexual behavior, teaching them how to consent to sex, teaching them about the, the various uh, sexualities, homosexuality, bisexuality, pansexuality, mm-hmm. promotes anal and oral sex, and even teaching... I'll slow down. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Hold on, because I don't want to run past <laughs> none of this. So you're saying this is coming in July to the public school system? Yeah, the public school system. A sexual, yes, a comprehensive sex. sexual education that promotes yes. LGBT, sodomy, yes. Yes. homosexuality, yes. and teaches yes. our children how to consent and how to engage? Yeah, but I think they already yes. do yes. that. Yeah, Illinois. Illinois is already Illinois doing did it yeah. um, last year. They had, uh, my grandchildren had done. to go through LBGTQ yeah. studies. So yeah. what is this coming July 1st? Yeah. Uh, what, what now is just mandated. mandated. The law goes into effect. Yeah, the law goes into effect July 1st, so it's mandated. Um, and so they're going to bring it in full swing curriculum-wide. You yeah. know, and so, yeah, Evanston, Evanston back in October had an LGBT week where if you were snippets of this curriculum went forth. But now it's gone into law full effect. And so that's what uh, myself and others have been bringing warning to parents that, you know, Due to Corona and all the families had to be homeschooled, we're encouraging parents to keep their kids homeschooling. And then we do have an alternative, you know, because we definitely want to um, get parents uh, excited about free choice. There are other options that your kids do not have to go into public education system because this sexualization, this is not good. This is pure evil. Oh, you know, terrible, I mean, yes. Yeah, when you want to teach kids as young as four years old how to masturbate, that's different from sex ed. That's different from biology and the anatomy of the body. This is sexualized, and a lot of people get, you know, comprehensive sex education at a national Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. You ought to see their faces. Wait, time out, time out. (laughs) They're teaching kids as young as four. Do you have a source for that or anything like that? Because I I definitely want to read that. Because I yeah. mean, that's in my opinion, that's beyond, beyond, well, beyond well, the line. Well, you know, John, it, it, you know, my my kids, my my grandkids, I should say, 
attend the Evanston Public that's Schools. That's not the school's job. That's my job to All teach right. my kids but, that. But it's being done. And I had, my, I had my grandson tell me about LBGTQ studies. But teaching them and, how to masturbate at four? Well, that, no, I don't, I don't know that it's yeah. that. that uh, I want to see that source. That literal. I mean, I think yeah, what it, it is. is. It, it's coming from the UN. It's the United Nations Education International uh, Sexual Education Center. So that's where they're deriving it from. Well, Natasha, and I'll send you guys the link. Pastor okay. Field, hold on. We're going to get into okay. this more on the other side of the break. You listen to Pastor okay. Latasha Fields. We're talking about education here on the Black and Right Radio Program with John Anthony. Stick with us on the other side of the break because we've got to dig down into this deeper. We've got to find out what are our kids trapped in, meaning these school systems, what options do the parents have and Latasha Fields will give us some recommendations about what you can do. Stay tuned. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right with John Anthony. This is Cesar LaFleur, and we're talking with Pastor Latasha Fields, who you threw a hand grenade in this studio before you left, and you just blew it up. But listen very quickly, because we want to move on to some solutions. What, mm-hmm. what options do the parents have with this oncoming curriculum? Can they opt out? Can they take their children out of these programs and remain in the schools? No, no, no. See, it's mandated. See, that's where the law comes mm-hmm. into effect. Governor Pritzker passed the law back in August of 2019. So it's, it's Illinois law. And so when you read um, the curriculum, the Illinois curriculum, they have amended the whole school code. So when you go through the law, it's 50-some pages. But when you go through it, a lot of things are amended. Like back in the early 90s, Illinois believed in abstinence. The school administration was abstinence. They believed in all those things. But now when you read the, the law, all those things are a black line. So it is all taken out. And what's included is now this comprehensive sex education standard. And so before we went to break, you guys were asking this information from. Right. And so, again, this is not an exaggeration of me. I'm reading the paperwork sitting in front of you right now. That's right. And so you can, you can go Send to... Yeah, I'll send it, but it's org. you know, the Illinois Caucus for Adolescents Health. And so that's the website you can find these things. And also you can go to stopcomprehensivesexed.org, too. And then the actual analyst is on their website. They give you these 15 um, tools that they're going to be using to sexualize these kids. And then when it's a break, we come out the masturbation. But that's under the element of sexualizing children which encourages sexual pleasures, attractions, fantasies, or desire. So that's a part of it. Masturbating wow. remains common. Pastor so Fields. And hugging, you know, Pastor Fields, that, that's yeah. mind-blowing. That's mind-blowing. So our school system is on fire. So now what do yeah. we do? What is the recommendation? Okay. What can parents do? Our responsibility is to make sure our children get wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And that's not happening in the school system. So what do you recommend they do? Well, number one, a lot of them were homeschooled. The parents that can need to keep their children home. They need to remain homeschooling them. Reach out to organizations like us and many in the country that can research homeschool legal defense. And, and what is your organization? What is your organization? Uh, Testup.org. 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 And I can definitely walk them through uh, how to be, how to remain homeschoolers if they choose to remain homeschooling. A very simple process. And the second part in terms of school choice, what me and Pastor Caesar were talking about a lot, mm-hmm. is creating your own school. That's Getting right. the churches involved, you know, parents and the communities, leaders. It, it's not as technical as people think to create your own school. And so we've been working and had a lot of uh, conversation about corporate learning academies, creating co-op schools that will model kind of the homeschool mythology, if you will. 
And so a lot of information needs to be shared, and I thank God that we're at least having a conversation. And what I tell people, I'm not saying run out and do it today, but at least we can start having these conversations. Because that's what black and white is about. More more, that's right. Exactly. And that's what black and white is more about. And more about what is happening, they, they need options. They need to know, well, what can I do to help my kids? I have a school. We've been running the school for almost 13 years. That's right. Bring them to me. That's right. And <laughs> and I, and here, you know, but, the the but, most yeah. important thing a parent, a, a person can do is raise a child. That is the number yeah. one responsibility of yours on this earth. So exactly. why aren't parents, particularly in underserved yeah. black communities, mm-hmm. why okay. aren't they voting for candidates who support school choice? They that are, and, and why aren't why aren't from the pulpit the the leaders of these organization religious organizations telling their parishioners their congregants to vote for candidates who support school choice? That's another whole conversation. That's a yeah. conversation. Yeah, exactly. That's a conversation which actually, goes to this blind loyalty. I'm planning a show on just just education. Absolutely. So we yeah. blind yeah. loyalty. Yeah. To the Democratic Party, and we get out in front of these policies that are counter to our being. Doug's a teacher. Doug's a teacher. It's just amazing. Doug's a teacher, and he just made a great point. I want him to get on air. Yeah, guys, the the biggest thing that is my biggest frustration, I'm starting 26 years, is the responsibilities that are being put on us as teachers that -hmm. should be taught in the home. Absolutely. Whether it's it's studying responsibilities or... Anything else of treating people right, that's being thrust upon us and then we're being evaluated on that and our salaries are being our salaries are being um, affected by it. But but, but when exactly. you look at to your point, Charles, in underserved communities, that's because a lot of parents are not in the home though. So there there is no parent in the home right. to take care of these people. I thought I saw a, a number there's like uh, CPS there's what is it? I could be wrong, but I'll look it up. Two thousand some kids who are unaccounted for in in Chicago public school system? They're homeless. They, yeah, they don't know mm-hmm. where they're at. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably oh, more than that. that. That's heartbreaking. Right. One of the things yeah, I appreciate yeah. about the fields and their ministry is that they take the educating children and they tie that with educating the parents in the homes because you yeah. have to disciple them both. You have yeah. to disciple the parents yeah, exactly. and the children. You know, I just had an incredible idea. What's that? What's that? Defund. Uh oh. Public schools. There you go. Hey, I they, love it. Let's go. Defund them and take the money and put it in places that. Hey, Charles, educate. You're canceled. Children. You're canceled. Yeah, I, I've, yeah, been, canceled. I've been canceled. Yeah, you, you're off. Hey, I listen, Latasha, you have an event that's coming up real soon. Tell our, our listeners about the event, how they can find out more about it. Yes, uh, we have July 1st because, again, the law goes into effect. So we're planning a biblical battle plan in terms of exposing a lot of this on a Zoom live conference. Um, so that'll be July 1st at 6 o'clock. Um, and I can definitely share it uh, with John and, and Charles. Um, and so we're going to be going through more in-depth of this, you know, just kind of starting from the zero. And, and, and as Pastor Cedar said, my heart is to literally de-school the parents, if you will, because that's the main problem, that we have to de-school the parents and get them to understand first how vital and utterly important this is. So as the Bible says, we got to bring the warning, because if we don't warn, the blood is going to be on our hands. There you and go. so that's what we have to do. So it's a, it's a biblical plan of where we should be and taking responsibility back for our children. Pastor Natasha Fields, you are a treasure. Tell them again real quick where, where they can reach you, your website. Yes, uh, uh, www.testup.org. 
Listen. You can call me, 773-814-6843. It's a privilege of knowing you. I'm glad to be working yes. with you on these educational initiatives. Good Thank you so you. much. We'll be right back on the other side of the break with Dr. Eric Wallace. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me live in studios, my buddy, my friend, my pal, the Bishop of Truth, Cesar LaFleur. Yes. And, and I'm shocked that Charles Thomas, retired and former reporter from ABC7, has stayed with us the whole two hours. Thank you, brother. I did, man, and I, I, I planned to, to be gone about an hour ago, yeah. but... You guys just have this magnetism. <laughs> you know, I just had to be here. I said, well, how are they going to end this? So, 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 Charles, before we go, there's a, there's a question for you from Tony from Chicago. Tony, thanks so much for calling Black and Right. What's your question for Charles? Boy, I tell you, with that previous segment, oof, I have not been talking about that for the last several months. <laughs> but let me, let me tell you this. The source of all this evil that's going on, comes down to the media. I mean, the media is supporting what they call a terrorist organization. Now the media is supporting this crazy pedophilia garbage. Yeah. What legal actions can be done against the media? Charles, thanks so much for calling, Tony. Uh, against the media? Thanks. Yeah. I hope, I hope none, uh, because we got to believe that a free media in this country has to be, still be, remain the North Star. That's what we got to have in this country in order to to maintain democracy. We we got to fix it. We we've just I don't at this point I don't know. I think that what's going to happen if if Joe Biden were to be elected uh, president, all H will break loose. Absolutely in this in this country, man. I I I fear that. Charles, thank you so much. Hey, listen, we have on the line a good friend of mine, Dr. Eric Wallace of Freedom Journal Institute for the Study of Faith and Public Policy. And he's also uh, the, the founder of a new organization that he's rolling out, Black Families Matter. Dr. Wallace, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Hey, Dr. Wallace. Hey, man, so glad yeah. to have you on, man. And listen, you've got an event coming up next week. Can you tell us about your event coming up next week out in Flossmoor? I do. It's called uh, Black Families Matter. We're having a rally event uh, at the uh, Eight for Women. And actually, it's going to be Eight for Women, and it's also going to be in front of Planned Parenthood there. Our, uh, the reason we're doing this is because we believe that, you know, Black Families Matter, excuse me, Black Lives Matter, yes. uh, is mm-hmm. not actually telling the whole truth about, they really don't care about all black lives. They don't care about the lives that are killed in abortion clinics, and they don't seem to care about the lives that are shot in the streets of Chicago. Uh, we do. And we say we can care about all of these as well as, you know, the George Floyds and the others who have been killed. We can care about all these things. Uh, But if you do care about them, then we need to be talking about uh, the one institution that would help rectify some of this, which is the family itself. Absolutely. And black families in particular. Wow. So tell us what it's going to be next week. What time and where? Saturday, June 27th at uh, 10 o'clock to noon. Uh, Most of us are gathering at the 3347 Volmer Road. If you really want more information, go to blackfamiliesmatter.org, blackfamiliesmatter.org, or check out our Facebook page. Um, I know, Caesar, you've got it on your page. Absolutely. I have it on mine. 
Listen, uh, Dr. Wallace, we only have a few a few seconds left, and I really wanted to yeah. get you on because we're talking about solutions, and I do know that you have what you call the RISE principles that I really want you to have more time to talk about, but we're out of time today. Where can people go to hear more about what Freedom's Journal Institute is promoting through these principles you call the RISE principles? Very second, 30 seconds. Freedomsjournalinstitute.org, and that's freedoms with an S, freedomsjournalinstitute.org. Dot org, and you'll have the rise principles there, the responsible government, individual liberty and fidelity, strong family values, and economic empowerment. I think those are very yeah. powerful principles. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have known you, and I've seen those in the development. God bless you, Dr. Wallace, you and your wife, Jennifer. You're doing a yes. great work with Freedom Thank Journal. You, Dr. Wallace. Man, I appreciate you so much. All right. Hey, Thank you. Bishop of Truth, thanks so much for joining me for these past it's two weeks. It's been wonderful, man. Charles Thomas, thanks so much for joining the man, first time it. in studio of Black and Right. I want to thank all of our guests. Uh, Star Parker, she was amazing. Yes. Tasha Fields. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Sheriff uh, Tony Childress. Hey, guys, remember, it's really okay to have a difference of opinion. It, nothing wrong with that. We can all have a difference of opinion. I, it, I wish we were able to talk about that, what we were talking about in the break, as far as being black and others not respecting your opinion. That's right. Hey, but guess what? See you next week. Yes.